Think about the best meal you ever had. Every time I think about my favorite meals, they seem so simple to make. A good plate of fried chicken with mac and cheese. Crab legs with butter and garlic sauce. A medium well ribeye steak. We pay lots of money for someone to make meals that taste delicious even though on paper they look incredibly easy to make. Well, what's the difference? I say it's a couple of things. Quality of ingredients and balancing them in a recipe. Too much of one thing or not enough of another can throw a good meal off. Ever been to your favorite restaurant to get that favorite meal over and over and again for like years and then one day it just doesn't taste the same? Usually that's what's happened. The chef who perfected a technique, whether it was the perfect balance of ingredients or the perfect timing for cooking it all, changed something. Now, you might be wondering why I'm talking up a good meal when I should be talking about sleep disorders, especially fighting insomnia like we're going to do this season. Trust me, the two are related. Let's say it's you. And your favorite meal that you like to make is pizza, a nice homemade pizza. And you've been doing it the same for years and years and years. And then one day, something just doesn't taste right. And you're not sure what it is, but you're pretty sure it's something to do with the crust. So you could take the route of adding and subtracting ingredients here and there to try and get it right. Or you might want to go to the fundamentals of how to make a crust. And you might find that the fix is in the process. That's what it's like when it comes to fighting sleep disorders, when it comes to fighting insomnia. Before you go on and try all these different techniques and hints and tips and tricks, you want to get to the fundamentals of sleep. And there are two pieces that I feel are fundamentally essential to sleep, yet are often overlooked. So what are they? Stick around and chew the fat to find out. Welcome to the Why Behind Your Z's podcast. The show that helps you maximize your sleep one night at a time. Brought to you by sleepyoudeserve.com. Thanks for joining me on your journey towards better sleep. This is Season 1, Episode 1 of the Why Behind Your Z's. I am your host and certified sleep science coach, Paul Bright. I will focus on the top reason my clients have come to me for help. They want to fight their insomnia. They want to start winning that battle against being awake 24 36, 48 hours seemingly. That's what it feels like. And sometimes it really is probably 46 out of 48 hours straight of being awake. And I I totally get it. I understand that. So today is the start of a new journey for them and for you, if that's you, the insomniac, into getting the sleep you deserve should you choose to accept the responsibilities that this journey will incur. This episode, we're going to talk about exactly how sleep is supposed to work and two of the often overlooked fundamentals of sleep that if more people embrace them, 
could fix your sleep issues sooner than later. I'm not just a sleep coach. I'm a survivor of many brutal years without proper sleep. I had many bouts of insomnia and sleep anxiety and panic attacks in my sleep and sleep paralysis and fortunately overcame most of those before I became a certified sleep science coach. Along the journey, I had access to peer-reviewed journals and kept learning different techniques that could help me. I had all this because I was pursuing a master's degree and that just gave me open doors to a lot of really, really good research. It sure helped me a lot. And as I got closer to seriously conquering those sleep issues, I got certified and learned the why behind the things that worked for me and others for many sleep issues. Hence the name of the show, the why behind your Z's. So let's start with what's supposed to be happening in the first place. I mean, really, it's just like the menu. If you had to restart learning how to make your favorite pizza again, you got to start at the beginning instead of trying to throw a million things at it. So I want to talk about how sleep is going to work. Now, there are four stages of sleep. Some would say five, but they all fit in the same mold and take between 90 and 110 minutes to cycle through. And on a good night, you'll cycle through them four or five times and wake up refreshed because this isn't just sleep, this is restorative sleep. And so the first stage is that initial sleep stage where you're yawning, your eyes are starting to close, and, and, and you're trying to get in a comfortable spot. And it takes a good half hour or so to go through that, and you can still be disturbed or woken easily because your senses are still active, but as time goes on, you drift off into those deeper stages like stage two. And that's when you become catatonic, like your body won't move. And that's because you don't want to hurt yourself while you're sleeping. And the senses start to dull so that nothing can easily wake you. And your body temperature, your core body temperature starts to drop. This is all setting you up for stage three which is what I call the back-to-tank stage after watching, you know, Bubba Fett and The Mandalorian. You know, remember those scenes where they're going in the tank and they're hooked up to all these hoses and they're getting all fixed up? That's what stage three is like to me. Um, you know, this is where your body starts to release, to release the human growth hormone and it's going to send out cells full of oxygen and all kinds of goodies that will repair and regrow your muscles. The cells will divide into new cells and, and repair anything else that's broken. And then your immune system also starts to build up during this stage. And then you get into stage four, which is the brain's cleanup phase. This is the REM stage that people know for the rapid eye movement because your eyelids are closed, but your eyeballs are moving back and forth for whatever reason. Uh, your brain is taking the memories of the day, and trying to figure out, this is in theory, what it should store for long-term memory and what it should just junk. And whatever it junks is, becomes a dead cell. And then there's a process that your brain uses, I call it a brainwash, where it combines water with cerebral spinal fluid and goes through all those brain cavities and washes out those dead cells and any free radicals that have been up there. And it gives it a nice, good cleaning. And sometimes if that doesn't get to happen, uh, it starts to build up into those plaques. And those plaques are very similar uh, 
to what you find in patients with dementia or Alzheimer's disease. So those are the four stages, and this is what's supposed to be happening while you sleep at night. Now, when I was in the military, I probably only got stage one, to be honest. I was a jet engine mechanic. I fixed jet engines on the C-17, which is a large cargo plane. It's one of the newer models, if you can call it new. It's like designed in the 60s and rolled out in the 90s. Um, but it's smaller than the C-5 Galaxy, but bigger than a C-130. And it's very agile. So it was used a whole lot, especially during Desert Storm and all the operation enduring forces and alpha. It's used a lot still to this day. So I was at a base where it was 24-7 operations, which meant the plane was launching and landing. All the planes, all the C-17s were launching and landing 24 hours, doing all kinds of missions all over the world. So you typically would have three shifts, a day shift, a swing shift, which would be like mid-afternoon till before midnight, and then the graveyard shift, which we called, uh, which would be like 11 till 7 in the morning. And if you were a young troop, you got put wherever they wanted you to be put at. So you went through all your trainings and they put you on this shift and, oh, well, we need airmen so-and-so on this shift now because so-and-so left and they're deployed somewhere else. So you were like a plug and play. And I was a plug and play. So there'd be some months where I'm on day shift and other months I'm on swing shift and other months I'm on grave shift. And my body really didn't know when it was supposed to wake up or go to bed. And there would be times where I would go to bed and then I'd get woken up by a phone call. It's like, hey, you got to come in. We got an emergency or you got to go here. You got to go there, especially after 9-11. Who knows when we slept then? It was it was a lot of crazy times. Um, so a lot of times I was in stage one. I probably wasn't getting a lot of stage two and stage three repair. It was just a lot of light sleep. I'd fall asleep in my uniform or half a uniform, sometimes in my boots. It, it was It was really, really not the most comfortable thing. But that's how the stages of sleep are supposed to work, which now I should probably tell you the first overlooked fact about sleep. This first overlooked fact, this overlooked fundamental about sleep is this. Sleep starts when you wake up, not when you go to bed. Let that sink in. It starts when you wake up, not when you go to bed. In theory, before we had 24-7 lifestyles, you were woken up by the sun's photon rays, especially the blue ones. They'd hit these neurotransmitters below your eyelids and send a signal to the middle of your brain and says, hey, time to get up, time to start all these wonderful processes that are going to eventually end, or actually a lot of them are going to end before night comes. And when the night comes, a bunch of other processes are going to start. And this happened all day while you worked, while you took a break, while you took a nap, while you ate. And then when the sun went down, the other set of processes would start. And as you slept, everything reset and would build up and get ready for those photons to hit your eyelids again and wake you up. Sleep starts when you wake up, not when you go to bed. And so what are these things that get activated by the sunlight 
and neurotransmitters telling them where to go. Let's think about it this way. Your entire body's like that. All your body systems are like that. Your respiratory system, your digestive system, it's all calculated movements based on triggers and based on something else, which is the second overlooked fundamental about sleep. That sleep is about balancing hormones and hormone cycles. Just like I was saying about that favorite meal, a great meal, a good meal, a great meal is about balance. It's balancing the ingredients and balancing the processes and techniques. And the more consistency you have with that, the more consistency you have with the meal that comes out. Sometimes there's a little change here. Sometimes there's a little change there. But if the consistency is there, then it's pretty easy to get back on track and Sleep is like that. It's about balancing hormones. When I said that the photons and the blue ones especially go through the neurotransmitters behind the eyelids and they tell your brain, hey, it's time to start these processes. These processes include the hormone serotonin, which is a mood balancer. It's there to keep the stress levels down as you go through your day. Or dopamine, which is like the pleasure seeker, especially when it comes to food, you're seeking rewards and you're seeking food. Or adenosine, which is a hormone that not too many people know about outside of the sleep world, but it's something that slowly builds up all day. And then when the right time come, it's, comes, it releases into your bloodstream and starts to get you a little bit tired. And then there's melatonin, which most people know about. And that is supposed to be released at a certain time of night and that makes your body really sleepy and puts you out. Now, I'm going to talk about melatonin a little bit more in a, in a minute. But in a nutshell, that's how sleep is supposed to work. It starts during the day, builds up hormones, does the dance, does the balance with all of that. And then by the nighttime, you're asleep because of hormones that trigger you to go to sleep. You stay asleep. Your body repairs, restores it prepares those hormones to start going again and they wait to get be they wait to be triggered by those photons so how come people promise you that this one trick this one magic potion this one zen practice this one thing this one pill this one supplement this one whatever it is will cure your insomnia well, let's go back to the cooking analogy. So let's say you went back to that pizza that you were trying to make and you wanted some help. You knew it had something to do with the crust. You're not sure exactly what's wrong or what's different, but imagine that 20 different chefs who didn't ever have your pizza in the first place, they were never there when you started making it, say, ah, I got the solution. It's more salt. Oh, no, 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 that's not the solution. It's more Parmesan. Oh, no, 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 you're rolling the dough wrong. You got to roll it this way. Oh, no, you have to do that. 20 different chefs come in there and they offer you all these solutions like, well, when I had to fix my pizza, this is what I did and it worked for me and it'll work for you. The thing is, they were never there when you started making that pizza. And that's the same with your sleep disorders. If people start or they say this is the one thing that's going to work, but they weren't there from the start, they don't even see where fundamentally things went off the hormone balance, there's no way you can promise that that's a fix. It might be. You might get lucky. It may be a combination of a few solutions. It may be one or two. But 
you really get the start to fixing it when you start sleeping to where the sun is what's waking you up and you start doing the things you need to balance those hormones so that they are properly releasing, they're properly supported, they're properly grown, you're getting enough of the nutrients, the vitamins, the minerals, the exposure to nature that will help encourage that hormone production and their timing is back onto regular circadian rhythm. So let's get back to melatonin. I told you that that's one that is supposed to be released and helps put you into that sleep sleep. Now, melatonin is in your pineal gland. It's like deep dead center of your brain. And the way it gets released has to do with sunlight or lack thereof. You see, the sun generally now, you got to think, this is, you know, before we engaged as a species in a 24-7 lifestyle, the sun goes down. As it's going down, there's less and less light in the sky. And usually by 9 o'clock, no matter what phase the world is in, the sun is gone. It's like gone from the horizon. All you get are maybe candles if we're at that stage in development, some fireflies if you live near them, moonlight and starlight. And that's, that's not a lot. It's really not a lot. So at that point, your brain is like, oh, sun's all the way down. Time to release that last hormone. And the melatonin goes into your bloodstream. And you get really sleepy and you're out. What can interrupt that, though, is if your brain still thinks it's sunlight. And the way that happens is two ways, at least, probably more. One way is light exposure to your skin. So fast forward to today's society and we live a 24-7 lifestyle and you might even be listening to this at 10 p.m. at night, but you've got your overhead lights on. You've got your computer screens on. You're multitasking while you're listening to this. Your skin is being exposed to a lot of light. So it probably thinks, oh, hey, it's still daylight. It's not time to release this melatonin. And also your eyelids. Remember I told you about those neurotransmitters that are beneath your eyelids. Well, this is why that whole blue light thing is in effect because the blue colored photon is the main signal to wake up the brain. Well, you've got a lot of light going into your eyelids. It's not going to know that it's time to release that melatonin. And so what do people do? I can't sleep at night. Well, doctors say take a melatonin supplement and it will help. It will help get you to sleep. It's, it's probably one of the safer things that you can take over the counter or prescribed. So you take that melatonin supplement and let's say you take it at 11 because you want to go to bed by midnight and you get really sleepy at midnight, maybe one o'clock after you took that melatonin, you turn off all the lights and you go to bed and you got to be up at seven. And so you wake up at seven, but you're super groggy. The reason why you're probably still super groggy is because once you shut off those lights and you took the melatonin, your body's like, oh, hey, it's time to put out some melatonin. So now you've got the supplemental melatonin and what your brain was already producing as melatonin naturally. And now your whole body's flooded with all this melatonin. So I would suggest to you that if you are going to take melatonin supplements, you take them closer to nine o'clock and try to go to bed at 11. And as you're taking them, turn all the lights off in your house and you know try to keep your skin from being exposed and the tricking yourself into staying awake. And the sad part is, is that if you start 
doing that over and over and over again, your brain may stop producing melatonin naturally. If there aren't other issues going on, that can happen. And now you will become reliant and dependent on these melatonin supplements to go to sleep. And think about how much that costs you. Every day taking these, monthly, yearly, or you have to find yourself increasing more of that. Something that's, that you can actually get naturally through foods. Your brain, again, makes melatonin naturally. It's all in the foods and the nutrients you get. If you're eating things that promote it or even foods that already have melatonin in them and you make that a regular thing, that could handle that hormone balance of getting the melatonin to release at the right time. Bringing it back to what I said. Sunlight, sleep starts during the day, not at night. And the more you can balance those hormones, the easier and faster and closer you'll get to solving what went off. And that's what we're going to explore in these upcoming episodes. I'm going to delve out the areas that I discovered for myself and I applied with my first set of clients and worked for them because there's four of them. And there's a fifth area that relates to all of them to where you can start doing a deeper dive for yourself to find out, hmm, maybe my solution is in this area. The solution is often inside you. You have the solution to your insomnia. You have the solution to improving your sleep. You just might need a little bit of help finding it. And that's why I'm here. I'm here to get you that favorite meal back to the way it was. I'm here to help you get that pizza crust just right so you can start enjoying that again. Yes, my food metaphors. I, you can tell I'm kind of a foodie. But overall, I'm really here to help you get that sleep that you deserve. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Why Behind Your Z's. For more information and additional advice on how to help you get the sleep that you deserve, check the show notes for our email subscriber list. You can also visit our website, sleepyoudeserve.com.